Good morning. Who felt really celebrated this morning as you came in? And they hung around for a while, so even those that came in late, you still got celebrated along with those that were here, here earlier. Um, it's a, always a privilege to be able to, to, to share, and I'm, I'm very excited to be sharing about, about the Psalms. And, um, and not so much about a specific Psalm, but generally about the Psalms and, and the richness that there is in, in the Psalms. And I, and I had come up with a, a sermon title, and it's really, really bad, okay? Are you ready? So it was, this is, Sometimes It's Just What I Need. Sometimes it's just what I need. But I quite, I quite liked it. As corny as it is, whichever way you listen to that, it, it, it's, it's right, isn't it? Anybody else like puns? There's a, there's a few. <laughs> Any good ones? So I, I, I actually, I don't mind a good pun myself. Also known as dad jokes. You know, once... People become fathers, you know, you, you have extra credentials to be able to deliver such wisdom. Um, <laughs> so I actually, I actually want to try a bit of an exercise, and I'm going to be asking for some, some brave punters here this morning. Not punters, punters who are here this morning. And um, we're, going to, we're going to do a bit, of a, a bit of a test. And I'm not going to pick you out or anything. I'm going to let people come as they, uh, as they, they are able. So I'm going to give you a couple of words. And the aim is that you're going to try and connect those words with something, something clever. And I'm going to give you a little bit of time to think about it. But I'm thinking, you know, with 100 odd, 150 people, there should be a couple of puns come, come out of it. Does that sound all right? And what do you think is the best way to measure a good pun? Laughter? Applause? Applause? I was thinking groaning. <laughs> so so I, th- I, thought, I thought whoever gets the, the worst groan out of the congregation, um, then, th- then they've delivered the best pun. So we're going to practice some groaning. Okay, so just give me a good appreciative groan. That wasn't too bad, but I've actually got a couple of little puns I'm going to put on screen just so just to help you warm up a bit. So that's a random acts of kindness. Come on, groan. Okay, I've got another one here. Daddy, I want a pony. This is spoiled milk. These are really bad, aren't they? The next one I didn't mind. Nathan will like this one as well. What's that? Beats me. Okay, that was a genuine groan there. You didn't have to try for that one. That was good. Okay, so I've got an example that I'm going to give, give you here. So one is um, my two words or two collections. One are moods and musical instruments. Okay, so there's a couple. Now, you don't have to do anything with it. I'm going to give you, give you this one. So I thought up one and I thought, okay, I found most musicians are friendly except those that use violins. Okay, so that's, that's the, the idea. So, so I'm going to give you a couple of words. I'm going to give a, a minute to sort of think about it and of those who might come up with something. Now, this might go really, really bad, okay? So. It's good, it's good. Okay, so, so here we've got one here. I'm going to do sports and hairstyles. 
So I'm just going to give you a minute to think on it. And look, some people are really gifted and it's going to come natural to you. So I'll let you think on it for a minute. And if you've got something, it doesn't matter how bad it is. Remember, the aim is to get a groan. So just give me a wave if you've got something where you can connect sports and hairstyles. There you go. He hit a golf ball a mullet at least. That's good. Fellow brother from the 80s. That was groan-worthy, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Any, any others? Okay. Some of you, some of you are not feeling brave enough to deliver. Um, I had another one here. I mean, of course, I had a bit of time to prepare, but, you know, I watched this strange sport and I wondered why everyone's hair looked so good and I realised they were curlers. So that's, that's sort of a pun, isn't it? Okay. All right, well, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. So words are important, aren't they? You know, and if, if we're wanting to communicate with someone, words are very, very useful. Um, of course, it's not the only way we communicate, and, and they say that when we, when we learn, that 83% of our learning comes through sight. So a majority of our our learning comes through sight and only 11% through hearing. But I know this morning if for 20 to 30 minutes I just stood here and you're all looking at me for 20 to 30 minutes, it's going to get a bit dull pretty quickly, unless I was really good at mime or something, but I'm not. So so interesting stats, 83% sight, 11% hearing, 3.5% smell, so we learn through smells, 1.5% through touch and 1% through taste. And if you're wondering, I did add them up and they do add up to 100%, so you can sleep tonight. So words are important. Words are are powerful. How did creation start? With words, with the spoken word. God said, let there be, and there was. They were important words. Pretty important. And, And whilst we... Ourselves, we may not speak planets and solar systems into place. We too have power with the words that we speak. Isn't that right? With the words that we think on, with the words that we consider the things that we would ruminate on. So words are important. What do we refer to the Bible as? The, the word, the, the word, capital W. And in, that New Test, in the New Testament, the word referred to is, is logos from the Greek and it refers to an utterance by living voice it refers to a decree or a mandate it refers to a declaration and Hebrews 4.12 again we're to- still talking logos here says that this logos is actually alive and active how about that there's, there's life in, in these words and what, is, what does that mean? Well, we, we know that where there is life, there is growth, that cells continue to, to reproduce. Isn't that right? Where, but when those processes stop, when breath stops, when, when our, our, our bodies uh, stop their ability to be able to reproduce cells, that's, that's a process where, of, of death or the start of such a process. So it means that these word, the word of God, if that's alive and active, then it wasn't just delivered once 
and then and that that was it. But it continues to bring growth. It continues to bring revelation and regeneration and life, and that's pretty cool, isn't it? He's a clever God. In in John one, it refers to Jesus as being the living Word. Same word, that word logos. He is the the physical utterance and declaration, the Word of God. He is life. Didn't he say that he was the bread of life? So he even referred to himself as, as one who, who brings life. And he continues to bring sustenance to us as we consider Jesus. So do we believe that the Bible is the word of God? Yes, I'm, I'm glad. I was pretty stumped if you said no. Um, and I was probably going to have to finish about now. But that this is God's utterance. This is God's declaration. How about the Psalms? Do we believe that the Psalms are the word of God? Yep, absolutely. And, but the Psalms are a, are a very unique book, aren't they? You know, it is, it's the largest book of the Bible. But the Psalms, and there are a few others that are, that are unique as well, but, it, but it's, it's very, very unique. Have you ever felt like when you read the Psalms that you, it's like reading someone's journal? It's, it's like this, this snapshot into this place that someone was at, that these struggles that someone was dealing with, these things that someone was celebrating. It's like you're reading someone, someone's, someone's journal. Now, I'm not, I'm not belittling it to, to that, so don't hear, hear me there. This, this is, is a gift to us, I believe. The Psalms are a gift to us. But when, when you go through the Psalms, it, a lot of this stuff is very personal. It's very revealing, and it's very, very honest. And you know, if, if I was going to put together a Bible, if I was going to make my, my own Bible according to, to Adrian, there's a whole lot of bits that, that we would leave out because it's like, well, this isn't perfect. You know, this isn't, these, these words are not perfect. This is talking about reality and, and that doesn't give people much hope at all, does it? But the reality is God has preserved the Psalms. And given them to us as, as a gift. And he didn't arrange for the low bits to be left out. But I know for, for me, it's the raw honesty of the Psalms that speak to me when, when I'm raw. You know? That, that you look at David and, and times that he was in, in despair. Times that he was under attack. Times that he was being criticized. Times that he was rejected times that he's suffered depression. And, and here's David pouring his, his heart out in words about his reality, about his place. He also pours his heart out about his celebrations as well. So it's not just, just the downs. But, but, you know, we can relate to this because not every day is a, is a high, is it? You know, sometimes there are some low moments. Sometimes we go through... Some, some challenging stuff. But, but in the midst of, of, of reading what David writes, so often he would end with, but I will trust in you. Yet I will follow you. Lord, I know that you will not fail me. And I find that, that, that amazing because the, the reality of despair for most of us, and look, I need to hear this. I'm, I'm speaking to myself today. Is that it can so we can re, we can be in that place of raw honesty, but if the devil had his way, he would like us to stay in that place and never leave that place at all. 
But we need to, to have expressions. Look, God is not going to fall off the throne if we're honest with him. When the book of Psalms were, were, were written, obviously it's a collective of, over time. But when these, these words were expressed to God, God didn't fall off the throne and go, oh, I never thought you felt that way. It didn't take a chink out of his armor. In fact, I believe that God loves for us to be honest with him. God gives us permission to be honest with him. He wants to hear the truth of our hearts. He wants to know, you know, what is going on. But when, but when we're in, in this stuff, you know, when we're processing these things, when we consider the disappointments and the distractions and the things that, that we struggle with, are we going to stay in that place? And again, I'm speaking to myself here. We don't stay in that place. We need to remind ourselves who he is. We need to remind ourselves of his faithfulness, just as David and just as the psalmists did. Are you with me this morning? So when the Apostle Paul was talking to the church in Philippi in uh, Philippians 4.8, and he says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Now, Paul's really onto something here. Now, this is not just, we're not just talking about positive thinking. Okay, because there are some things that it doesn't matter how positively I think about it, it's not going to change. Okay, there, it, if, there may be some sport that I, that I am, a, am, a, am a fan of. Okay, you know, I, we follow the, the cricket in our, our home. But it doesn't matter how positively I think about it, I don't think I'm going to get a place in the Australian cricket team. No, no. I'm not, I'm not awful. But I'm not of, the, of that standard. It doesn't matter how positively I, I think about that, that's not going to change my reality. But when, when I do consider the words that I stew on, the things that I, that I say, the things that I focus my attention on, the things that I feed my soul with, the reality is that, that if, if I change the, the input of what I'm listening to, what I'm feeding my, myself with, feeding my life, feeding my heart, that I can have a change in the, the output as well. If we change our thinking, those things that we would consider, the things that consume us, if we think on the right things, then rather than reaping failure and fear and death, we can reap hope, faith and love and life. John 10.10 says that the devil comes to do what? To rob, kill and destroy. And you know, sometimes the devil does that through situations, but, but I think he's just as happy to do it through th our thoughts and through the things that, that we would consider. And there are so many Christians who are being robbed, killed and destroyed because of what's going on in their mind, because of the things that they, they focus on. So back to Psalms. There is no other book that is quoted as much as the Psalms. The Psalms are probably one of the most commonly quoted, quoted books. When you look at, at the Bible in its entirety, you know, we have the Old Testament. There's a lot of historical stuff there. It's got a lot of the facts. It's got um, creation. That was pretty cool. 
But it also, there's a, a, an initial demonstration of God's faithfulness to people, that, that he intended relationship. It also paints the picture of man's ability to mess that up. We, in the Old Testament, we read about the kings and the prophets and various miracles that took, took place. And then we've got the New Testament. We continue to hear about God's intent for relationship and man's ability to mess it up. But the extent that he would go to deal with that. We read about Jesus' life and his teachings. We hear about the kingdom of God. We read the, the letters that were written to those, those first churches. We read about, about appropriate discipline, about family, about order, and about how we can live and do life following Jesus and how we maintain relationships with others. But in, around the middle of the Bible, we've got this book of Psalms. And, uh, and I heard the Psalms as being referred to as God's hymn book or God's prayer book, which is a really interesting reflection. And we're not talking about things hanging on the back of pews or, or anything like that. But we, we agreed earlier that, that the Psalms are, are of God, that it's the word of God that they, they are inspired and part of his word to us. So in the Psalms, there are two main points that I want to, want to emphasize. That one is the Psalms are a gift to us from God to help us to speak and relate to him. And we're going to go over that a little bit more. But they're from God to help us to speak and relate to him. Why is that? Because he wants relationship. He's always wanted relationship. But secondly, that, the, that these, these words are not just to us, but they are also for us. God offers us words that we can reflect on, that we can sing, that we can pray, that we can get really honest with. And it will actually help us to connect with him. Again, we come back to, to relationship. I think I may have shared once before about this, this saying um, that I once heard that the Psalms are like grooves that we can run down in order to connect with God. Has anyone heard, heard that before? That the Psalms are like grooves we can run down in order to connect with God. And the reality is that whatever situation we're in, wherever, wherever we're at, whatever may not seem right at the moment, but whatever we might be thankful for, we, we can find a means of connecting with God through, through the Psalms. So these grooves, it's like, it's like a well-worn track. If you want to go for a bushwalk, you've got a couple of options. One is you can just go totally bush. Or the other is that you can take those well-worn tracks. Now, if you want to know that you're going to come out the other end, what's the best way to go? Take the well-worn tracks. Now, I know some of us just want to just go bush with our machetes and, 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 and rip it up a bit. But the, the reality is we, we know that if, we, if we've got a, a time assigned to, to do something, we want to do a walk, and we know that this track will take us to, to that place. It's been well-worn. They even have markers along the way. Isn't that great? You know that you're on the right track because there are markers along the way. And, you know, the Psalms are, are like this, this track, this well-worn track. So then we say sort of these, these grooves that we can run down in order to connect with God. It's, it's like this well-worn track that we can find ourselves on. 
that the psalmists found themselves on, but, but that thousands and thousands of others over, over all the years have, have found themselves back on those same tracks, seeing those same markers, and they know that they are on, on the right track. And we, we need it. What happens to the bushwalker who, who just decides to carve his own way? No compass, very little food. He's in a vulnerable place, isn't he? Now, this isn't to say that we should only pray psalms and, and sing old, old hymns and those sorts of things. But, so it's not about a reciting of, of words, but it's about hearing the heart of the psalmist. But through the psalmists, we hear words and, we, and, and, and thoughts and considerations, that, again, that have been sung for thousands of years, and they will help us connect with God. So whatever situation, there will be a worn track, there will be a prayer, there will be a song, there will be some words that we can find ourselves on, that we can express our honest emotions with God. And we need to not be afraid to do that. As I said, God's not going to fall off the throne. But in doing so, this time can bring us closer to him. Relationship. And I know for, for me personally, at some of my own lowest times, and I've, I've had a few, but at, at some of my lowest times, the Psalms have been a real key for me in help bringing me back on track. Because if I was just left to myself, I could wallow in, in my despair. Anyone else had any low moments? So no, we, we've often been, you know, we can be in places where we, where we feel hopeless, where things seem hard, but that the Psalms can offer us an expression. You, you, you know, the, the, the concept of, of, you know, being lost for words, you know, we don't have the words to express how, how we feel. And sometimes we can, we can feel in that place, we just don't have words to attach to things. And so many times, again, for, for me personally, I've found the Psalms have offered me some words to attach to how I feel. Now, I don't think it's just a male thing, but I know more commonly with men, we, our, our emotions and our vocabularies don't connect. You know, and we, we, we have more difficulty expressing how, how we feel. But we can find expression in the Psalms. The Psalms offers us, offers us a vocabulary now, not old King James, but it offers us a, 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 an expression, a means of expression. Many of us who are parents will refer, remember your kids' first words, and we're all we're all hoping it's us. We want it to be mommy or daddy or whatever. Now, Samuel's was guitar. It didn't quite sound like guitar at the time, but that was his, that was his first word. It was atar, atar. It was the, the word that he, uh, anyway, it was good. We, we enjoyed that anyway. But eventually he got a few, got a few more words. And he's, he's still learning, learning words. And so to start with, for, for, for a little one, you know, the words don't have a lot of meaning. But over time, their vocabulary grows and they start to be able to string a few words together, and they find means of expression. 
And we get excited about it, don't we? Being able to hear our, our kids express themselves, express what they're, they're trying to say. You know, not just crying, and, and that can mean one of several things, we know, with, with, with babies. But as they start to find words, they find other ways of being able to express themselves. And I think that the, the Psalms can be like that for us too, that, that we can, again, find a vocabulary, we can find a well-worn track that we can, we can get on and find words to express ourselves. Why is it that so, so many songs that we listen to will, will stir up emotion? It's because it offers us words to attach to how we feel. Isn't that right? Now, both songs of, of worship. Now, we've written songs. We've got a number of people here. And the, when, when you write a song, it's one of the most vulnerable moments, in a sense, to bring these words of honesty out before a congregation. But when a congregation decides they want to own those words and that those words actually, you know, I relate to those words and those words actually speak to where I'm at right now, then that's a most precious thing for a songwriter to be able to find words that others would say, you know, that sums up where I'm at. And it's, it's amazing. And we, we can, you can turn the radio on and you'll hear songs about all sorts of stuff. You'll hear songs about all sorts of stuff, yes. But, but many of them will, will speak to where we're at, though. will speak, you know, you can watch a Disney film and you, you will hear words that will, will speak to you. So we should be encouraged. You know, Jesus prayed the Psalms. Jesus referred to the Psalms. And even, you know, as we head into this, this coming Easter week, when Jesus was in his lowest of low moments, he actually referred to, to three Psalms. You know, when the nails were going through his hands, when he was suffering the torment of the cross, he'd been abandoned. That's not a good day. That's a bad day. But Jesus quoted Psalms. What did he do? He ran down those war-worn tracks that I believe that he sowed into, into his life, those habits that he, he'd sowed into his life. And he found words of honesty and expression that, that he needed at that time. Now, I don't think there were warm fuzzies going on on the cross for Jesus at that time. I don't think he was feeling, feeling the love right then. So what did he do? He focused on what he, what he knew, the well-worn tracks. Matthew 2.46 says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's come from Psalm 22. Luke uh, 23.46, he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. That's from Psalm 31. He was being honest with Father God. In John nineteen twenty eight, when even when Jesus referred to that he thirsts before giving up his spirit, it's actually a, a reference to and fulfilment of Psalm sixty nine. If you're taking notes, note that down and you can go back through that. So if Jesus, the most perfect person to walk on the face of the earth, sought the Psalms as a as a lifestyle, as a, as a habit, as a means of expression to God, do you think it might offer something to us as well? God says, 
to us or through the book of James 4, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And the Psalms do that. They help us to draw near to God. And one thing I love about the Psalms, and I'm sure this is the same for others, but is the way the Holy Spirit speaks to us when we read them. You know, you can read one Psalm one day and be so encouraged by it. And you know, a week later you can read that same Psalm and it'll bring you to tears and repentance. Isn't that the ability of, of God through his Holy Spirit to speak to us through the Psalms? In the 150 Psalms that we have, I can assure you there is more than one that will speak to whatever situation you're in right now. Whatever we're facing right now. But as well as being a reflection of where we're at, it also reminds us of God's character. Because that's where the psalmists come back to. But you, God, will not fail. But I'm going to trust you anyway, God. You've not let me down in the past. And you won't let me down in the future. So many of the psalms were intended as songs. Now, we may have lost the melody now. You can sing them, you can pray them, you can cry them, you can laugh them. We've done, probably done most of those at, at different times in our life. But as you, as you do, you will, will be like joining the journey that thousands have, have done before you. So I just want to summarize with three key points as I come to a close. And if you've got nothing else out of today... Get these, these three points. And it is number one, that through the Psalms, God will speak to you. God will speak to you. So we can ask the Holy Spirit to be an active part of, of our Psalm journey. And if you've never really gotten into the Psalms, I, I would strongly encourage you to say, look, I want to I really do a Psalm journey. Now, I know that if you decide to do a psalm a day, when you get to Psalm 119, you might spread that out over, over a couple of days. And that, that's okay. But I encourage you to get into the psalms. In some of my low seasons, I've just decided, okay, it's, time, it's psalm time again. You know, it's psalm time. So God will speak to you. Number two is that the Psalms will help you to connect with God. It will give you words. It will give you expressions. It will give you a vocabulary. Now, that's not because you're illiterate and unable to say something to God yourself. But it will give you new, new words and new means of expression. But if you're in a place and you are lost for words, it will give you something. And you can find yourselves in those, those grooves. And the third point there, as well as speaking to God, you can use the Psalms to speak to yourself. And think of David. In Psalm 42, he says to himself, Why are you cast down, my soul? He's speaking to himself. When he says, Let everything within me bless your holy name, he's speaking to himself. Is that because that's where he was at right then? Probably not. But he knew that they were the words that he needed to hear. 
And so if you're reading things in the Psalms and you think, well, that's not really where I'm at, but it's where I want to be. You can speak to your heart. You can speak to your soul and say, come on, soul. Come on, soul. Now, David wasn't going crazy. He wasn't just, you know, there weren't voices in his head that he was talking to. He was speaking to his soul. Because he knew God's goodness and faithfulness. So this morning, it doesn't matter whereabouts you're at. If you're at a high point or you're at a low point, God wants to meet you there. And, and so my encouragement is to invest yourself in, into the Psalms. It's rich. If you're full of joy, if you are at a place where you just want to offer praise up to God, let the Psalms give you new expressions of praise. And many of the songs that we sing, much of the, many of the words come out of, out of the Psalms. Most of our expressions of, of worship are, uh, come from the Psalms. So if you're on the high, then, then find yourself in those well-worn tracks and, and, and enter into the, the, the songs of, that people have sung you know, over the last thousands of years. If you're in a low point, if you're in a crisis, if you're depressed, then find those well-worn grooves as well. That you can work through them to a place of wholeness rather than just letting a situation dictate to you how you feel. If you're in a crisis, if you are persecuted, if you feel like people are against you, you'll find a bit of that in the Psalms too. David knew exactly what that was like. And the Psalms will offer you a means of being able to honestly express yourself to God instead of reacting as our emotions would drive us. So I'm just going to close by reading a bit of Psalm 119, which I think is a, it's a fitting end because what is Psalm 119 essentially about? The Word of God. His Word. So we want to make this a prayer this morning. So would you, would you pray it with me? I'll just read the words. I'm just reading the first uh, 16 verses and then, then I'll hand back to, to Neville and the team. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies and who seek him with their whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. For you've commanded us to keep your precepts, your word, your ways diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. statutes. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. I will praise you with the uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me, Lord. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Lord, with my whole heart, I've sought you. Let me not wander from your commandments, Lord. For your word I have hidden in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, 
I've declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the ways of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts. I will contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. Lord, I will not forget your word. Lord, we will not forget your word. And Lord, today, even as we've prayed this this psalm, or part of this psalm, we thank you that your word, Lord, is alive, that it is active, that it brings life. And we pray, Lord God, that for each person here, Lord, through those words which are yours that you've spoken today, Lord, but those things you continue to speak, Lord. I pray for a release of of life into every situation in this congregation, Lord. Lord, for those that are enjoying the highs, Lord God, that you, your word would be an encouragement to them to, to go even higher, to express themselves with their whole heart. And Lord, for those that are experiencing lows at this time, Lord. Would you speak your life? Would you speak your life, your hope, Lord, into every heart here today? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for your truth. I pray for a release of your truth, Lord, to every lie that the enemy would want to bring, to every place of despair that the enemy would want to leave various ones in. Lord, let there be a release of your life and your truth in every heart and mind here today. Lord, that there is a way out. Lord, that you are faithful, Lord. You say of yourself, Lord God, that we might walk through the fire, but we're not going to be burned. That we might go through the waters, Lord. We're not going to drown. And Lord, I thank you that just as you have delivered David and you have delivered so many over many, many years, Lord God, you will deliver us. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.